What's up, tea drinkers? Who's ready to spill? Welcome to The Tea with KG, hosted by your girl, Kaylee Grace. Here you'll find your weekly boost of real talk mixed with laughter, healing, and all of those vulnerable, messy moments in between. The Tea with KG is a safe space for you to show up exactly as you are. We are here to share real-life stories from around the globe and be a community of love, joy, and celebrating life. This is a real deal show, so there will be coarse language and sensitive topics discussed. The most beautiful stories oftentimes emerge from the darkest of places, and we're here to explore it all. There's room for everyone at this tea time, so grab your drink of choice, spark it up, or just relax and soak it up. Cheers, and let's spill. What's up, tea drinkers? We are back with another episode of The Tea with KG. I'm your host, Kaylee Grace, and I have another amazing guest joining me this week. We have the lovely Shauna. What's up, girl? Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, I'm so excited to have you. Uh, If anyone's listening, not watching, I was saying earlier, Shauna's background is like the happiest background. There's so many colorful books. There's an elephant, there's plants. I'm just, I'm sure there's a singing bowl. I'm sure there's a crystal somewhere. (laughs) There are crystals all over this house. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Set up, I've got my candles and yeah. Called Spirit in. It's going to be good. Mm -hmm. It is a good zone over there. I'm excited about it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, Shauna and I, we are both Maritimers. That's how we know each other. And she's just a beautiful soul, super in tune, and just has so much exciting wisdom to share with us today. And it's a lot of topics we'll probably touch on. We may have dabbled in before, but there's one topic in particular we've never talked about on this podcast before. So I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, But we'll just get started with the who are you and what do you do? Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, my name is Shauna Burns Thompson. Uh, I guess I have a few roles that I play here in the Fraser Valley. Uh, My day job is Correctional Programs Officer. So I work for Correctional Services of Canada. Um, I offer rehabilitative programming to correctionally incarcerated men, so guys serving federal sentences. I also, within that role, co-facilitate, and this this is my favorite part of my job that's not part of my job, but I (laughs) co-facilitate a gender support group for all of our trans women that are living within the male institution. Wow. Oh my God. It's just, it's so much fun. And it's like our little bit of girl time every week. Mm. It's fantastic. And so healing. Um, Yes. Oh my God. Yes. So exciting. It actually started as part of my practicum when I was doing my master's and we've kept it going because it's just thriving within our jail. Hearing uh, feedback from, you know, national, we're getting people from Ontario. It's just, it's so fun. Mm, Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm like, that's amazing. I didn't know that was like a thing. That is so cool. Wow. Really fun. But then kind of on the, my evening job, if you will, my (laughs) persona, um, I also operate a private practice uh, for counseling. So Lavender Lane Holistic Counseling and Sex Therapy Services, um, where I support clients in the community who are seeking sex therapy or dealing with trauma, seeking support with relationships, stress, anxiety, burnout. Uh, and I also have the opportunity to hold space and support a bunch of our first responders in the different fields. What? Too, um, and all of the unique needs that come with that. So I do wow. 
everything. I like to keep my, <laughs> my balls in the air. Right? Oh my gosh. She wears many hats. Wow. <laughs> oh like God. ADHD brain. I don't have Girl. to like, focus <laughs> in, right? I can kind of just dabble in all the things. <laughs> Oh, I feel that like the squirrel brain, like that's literally what I always say. I'm like, I have five million ideas and I'm like, and I am going to do them all. And I've realized I'm like, okay, maybe I can't do them all. But one day, you know, there'll be more umbrellas for my, uh, my big dreams. So I live for that, that you are just making it happen. Your dreams are literally your reality. And you're like creating such an impact on this world with your light and what you're doing with that light while we're in the 3D human experience and I'm here for it. Oh my God, I'm really excited to dive into Lavender Lane, but before we do any of that, we all have a story. Every human on the planet has got a story. That's why it's important for us to always approach people with openness because you never know what someone has been through, what their journey looks like to get to where they are. And so much of what we see, it's just surface. And I always like to dive in and I'm like, let's let me get in there like let's look into your soul right because I like understanding people and getting why they are the way they are what this means and that kind of thing and it's just beautiful and it's great to have space for all of that right Absolutely. so that's like what thrive what I thrive on right whether that's working in the prison whether that's working in the community or working with women or whatever whatever population whatever demographic I'm working in that's just it is we don't know the story and we're so mm-hmm. quick to make these very rigid opinions about yeah um or and I mean I do it too right I I catch myself Mm -hmm. doing it all the time so I like to laugh about it and I'll even call myself out in conversation with people and be like wow this is so far from what I thought was we were going to be talking about or where I thought coming from this is not my you know not my first impression of you at all and I love that give me more of that right let's dig deeper yes Oh my God, so much preach on that. And it's so true because I think every human has probably been guilty of that at one point or another. And to then realize like when people prove you wrong, like what what your first impression may have been or whatever that is, I love when people do that because then it's like, okay. And it's it's just humbling in yourself as well because you're like, okay. Like, you know, because people may do the same towards you as well. Like I know people definitely sometimes like maybe looked at me and assumed one thing. Then once they hear more, they're like, oh, it's like, yeah, yeah well, <laughs> there's more. I love breaking out of that. I love when people um, have a very different, I mean, I'm a small female working with some of, you know, Canada's biggest serial killers and all yeah. of this. So when people are like, oh, little Shauna, you know, or these, you know, big burly guys are like, oh, what, what do you have <laughs> to teach me? And I'm like, let me show you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, do wait. And yeah. it's, it's so fun. It's the power of relationship and connection. And we'll talk about that through this entire, uh, entire interview, but it's Mm -hmm. so, so relevant. So important. I agree. And I love that so much about you because you're so open to that connection. And that's just like part of the human experience. That's what we're here for. We learn from each other. And again, it's like sharing our stories. That's how we get there as one. And it's just beautiful and amazing. And I love that you get to experience that like every day of your life. (laughs) All right, let's dive right in then. Let's hear the story, girl. Let's okay, go. Okay, <laughs> so this, this piece of the entire prep has been like so heavy on my head space because I'm just trying to think of all, like what has gotten me to this point in my life, right? And 
there is no simple cold <laughs> no nope. and that's the best right it's like hello roller coaster <laughs> what up <laughs> it's all over the place but um when I think about it like much like you you said you, we both were maritimers uh we both grew up I grew up very rural Brunswick and yeah like small town geography but like small town small mindedness right there was mm-hmm. a lot of or not a lot of diversity maybe is the way to to express yeah. that um like so many young girls not only was the topic of sex and even mental health in general it was avoided but there was so much shame of connection to you know my body and my sexuality yeah um, oh my god yes like nailed it right like welcome I mean our entire province was very, very Christian, right? And there were strong Christian values pertaining to sex. And a lot of that meant abstinence, right? A lot of that meant, mm-hmm. you know, in marriage, behind closed doors, it wasn't seen, it wasn't talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, within my hustle growing up, sex, intimacy, menstruation, it was all seen as bad and dirty and embarrassing. Right? Uh, you, you never discuss it. It was not to be seen publicly. Like I could probably count the number of times on one hand that I saw my parents even interact in an intimate way. Mm. Like I didn't see kissing or handholding or like there, it just wasn't there. Yeah. That was normal. And it wasn't until I think uh, when I started dating JR actually, and yeah. you know, their parents, right. If you've ever spent any time around them, they loved each other. Yes. So, passionately and I remember being so weirded out by that at first and being like hell like why are your parents kissing when they like this is weird like what is this and I mean now reflecting on it it's just it's so special to me to have the opportunity to see that but it was strange to me right and because yeah like you didn't grow up with that it was just it was weird um so growing up I was always intrigued by the topic of sex it was Mm -hmm. always like kind of that rebellious little thought in the back of my mind, but there was also a lot of guilt associated with even having those thoughts. Yeah. Like I can remember having sleepovers with one of my girlfriends um, and <laughs> so bad because we would make it a plan. Like we would scheme it up that we would do Sunday night sleepovers and we would mm-hmm. be like, we want to go to church Sunday night. So that would be like our, how we would get our parents to agree to sleepovers. <laughs> But then what we would do is, you know, late at night when everyone's sleeping, we would sneak out into the living room when we didn't have TVs in our room at that time. Like kids will never know the challenge. Oh, right. We would sneak out late Sunday night and turn on Sue Johansson, the Sunday night sex <laughs> yes. show. Too. Oh my God. And yes. Volume down and we're <laughs> right? And we're oh my around. God. Thinking we were like these badass bitches, you know, <laughs> soaking in all of this 80-year-old woman's glory. I but, saw her live at university. Yeah. You can probably write, like I she's an icon, like legend. And still kicking, like she is still going. Amazing. Um but that's that was, Sue for anyone listening. Yeah. It was it is it Cana- is she Canadian? Is it only Canada? So I think she was out of I want to say Ontario, maybe. Okay. She yeah. was like on and popping when it was our youth. <laughs> she, like, she was this old lady, right? Like she was, yes. yeah, it was not like this sexualized thing, but she's hauling out sex toys and she's yeah. so candidly. Yeah, and she's it, like, this is what this does. Like very like matter of fact, just like yeah. no big deal. 
which yeah. is amazing. Blowy, <laughs> it's all good. Like get into it, right? <laughs> so, in comparison to the sex ed we were getting in school, which was really it was pathetic, right? Nothing. It was abstinence. Nothing. It was okay. You're probably gonna get your period soon. This is what's like what to do, kind of. But I didn't was, feel educated in that way. Like I felt very lost. Yeah, it was again kind of abstinence based. It was fear based, like. You don't get these STDs if you have sex. Yeah. It's going to happen. There was no talk about connection or intimacy and definitely no talk about pleasure. Yeah. Right? Even the sex ed that we have out there today, and I know this is a very controversial topic, especially with the school board trustee, all of the <laughs> elections are coming up, but it's, it's such an interesting topic because we were looking for it. I mean, we didn't have nearly the internet access that kids these days have. No. I can imagine when my own kids start, or if they haven't already, you know, interesting. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it was like this was our intro, right? So yeah, and me, it was not much of an intro. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it it wasn't good, right? No, like I saw sex being used, and again, this is speaking to many of the the things that I've needed to do healing with through my journey, but. Sex for me, when I, I would see it or hear about it, it was being used as a tool or a weapon so that women could get what they wanted and to get some semblance of control when they didn't have mm -hmm. control in other areas, right? Yeah. So sex, I, you know, you weren't treating me the way I wanted, I would withhold sex until, you know, like this was the, the narrative that was painted yeah. for me. Which is so toxic. And in like movies and stuff, like in our era, like the early 2000s, that I so that was very common, like, or you, like the woman would be sexy and use her sexuality to get what she wanted. Sometimes she was like, she was being a badass bitch and like, she'd get the, the jewels from the, the whatever, you know what I mean? But like, totally, like it was, like you just said, um, like a tool or like a negotiation tactic or something like yeah. that. But I mean, even now, like at a societal level, sex is still kind of presented in a very heteronormative way, right? Mm -hmm. Like the focus still tends to be on how to get a man to orgasm or for men to you know get the skills so that they can be the best at helping right orgasm. so it, it becomes about a lot about male ego and very little about female pleasure mm. um which is just it's so wrong on so many levels and again we can go back to we, there's so many so much research done on like yeah between religion and how religion has impacted women's skills and shame around sex and this like Mother oh, Mary. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Be pure and virgin and and so sweet and, and contained, right? We have mm -hmm. to make ourselves small so that men yeah. can come forward and, and enjoy, right? Oh, that's so true. Like, oh my God, like so relatable and so true with what you're saying in that. Like, oh my God, I'm like just having so many flashbacks <laughs> to so many different things and it's so so true like the guilt and shame it's just so awful and like on other episodes we've always said like shame is where like secrets live and like where it's like it feels wrong and not in a good way it's like ugh, like it's like a gross feeling like shame right and it's so sad that so many of us feel that way with something that in my mind should be celebrated and like you know what I mean like step into whatever energy you like to embody, whether it be feminine, masculine, both, whatever, and own it. And like, it's, to me, it's empowering and it's, it's 
it's a way to feel feel yourself, you know? Like I love that feeling when I feel sexy and I feel like, mm, like that's just a nice, fun feeling to have. And when you have that with your partner, it's beautiful and like such a spiritual connection. Like to me, when I look at sex now, it's like so spiritual and energetically charged and it's like next level, like, cause you, ha- you know, when you have that soul bond with someone too, that definitely like amplifies everything, right? Absolutely. Well, and that's just it, right? Like when I went off to school, right, or off to university, I was at Stu, um, right after high school, and I started studying psychology. And I had my very first uh, human sexuality class. It was with this mm-hmm. fabulous professor, Dr. Monica Seltzel. I will never forget her. She like bless her heart. She we were awful as well. <laughs> like we are a group of you know, horny, just out of (laughs) high school kids sitting there. We are giggling like young children. Every time she puts like a vulva or a penis, (laughs) like it was, it was awful. And I still have friends that every now and then, um, like I'll send a message and be like smegma because that was the most (laughs) hilarious word in the world when we were in this class. And it will still every single time just will erupt into laughter because yes. it's just those are the memories we have, right? But right. she was so fantastic at holding space for that and just embracing our immaturity, but encouraging play and encouraging excitement about sex. Ooh, that's important. Like, yes, just what yeah. society kind of has framed sex to be, right? Yeah, I love that she encouraged the playfulness because like that's, you and I kind of chatted about this like before about just the playfulness with being sexual and like embodying that energy. Like what it's, it's almost like when you're connecting to your sexual energy, you can be playful and fun. Cause why not? Right. Bring that to every aspect of your life. I say. Oh, absolutely. And as an adult, as women, especially, I know, again, I'll speak for myself. I have lost that ability to play. Right. It is hard for me to come out of my mind, to come into my body to say, okay, hey, we're going to pause all of these different yeah. that we've got juggling in the air and really just feel in this moment because I'm always, you know, planning what's for dinner, planning what's next, yes. what I have to do at work and where kids have to be. And like we go, have go, go. three households, right? And that's yeah. a lot of um, planning. It, it's a lot and navigating. of navigating. Oh my gosh, yes. Right? Like my husband's a business owner as well. So it's just, there's so much on the go all the time that, for me coming into that and being able to release a lot of these things. And we'll get into all of that. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just like, even at that point, I was a full-time student. Um, I was working full-time hours in a re- retail job. Um, I was doing night shifts overnight as a personal support worker. So I was on the go all the time. I was exhausted. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I can only imagine. Like there was no time for finding myself in university. There was no time in making friends and, you know, going out and partying and all of this. Like I was mm-hmm. living with, you know, my, my now child's father, uh, mm-hmm. who I started dating in high school. And we were essentially roommates at that point because we were never actually home at the same time, right? There wasn't yeah. a lot of deep connection, great friends, but yeah. not a lot of deep connection because we just didn't have time to do that right yeah. and I didn't know I mean looking back I didn't realize how bad my mental health was we didn't talk about anxiety we didn't talk about depression and how prevalent I mean mm-hmm. even now we don't talk about it within my family how prevalent it actually is right mm-hmm. 
thought I was successful. I thought I was doing all of the things I was working my butt off. I was, you know, I'm not lazy. I'm doing it. See, I'm, 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 I'm worthy. I'm big enough. I'm, yeah. I'm um, See me like I'm here. Yeah. Like I, I'm doing everything I can to come forward, but I was so unhappy at a soul level. And again, mm. I didn't realize it at that point, but like looking back, I can see that. So when I finished my third year of university, I, I kind of had this little you know, quarter life crisis, not even a quarter life crisis. But so yeah, at that point I decided to drop out of university three years in, so close to the finish line, drop out of university. I quit all of my jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, you were just like, I'm done. And I'm not happy. This isn't working for me. We need to change. So yeah. we left Fredericton and moved to Moncton where I picked up another retail job and my mm-hmm. partner picked up another like minimum wage job as well. So we were leaving our problems per se, but we were just finding new problems. We were replacing them with the same thing. We were, yeah, moving, right. Um, shortly after we moved and I mean like months after we moved, uh, found out we were pregnant. So young, um, found it, which was fine. Um, my partner got a call saying after years of trying, he was being sent off for training for corrections. So yes. that was, a, that was positive, mm-hmm. but that even came with so many new stressors, right? Like we were now stressing about finances and housing and oh my gosh, you're going away. We have a baby coming. I'm now mm-hmm. raising this baby by myself. Like what, what does that look like? So yeah. I actually ended up moving in with his parents for a while. He was still living in Moncton, not knowing when he was going. And it, it was just a whole ordeal. A lot of unknown. So many unknowns, right? Mm. Um, so we had like a two week engagement. We got engaged around Christmas time, got married uh, January 4th. Oh and- my God. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that quick. I, because I remember it all happening, but I just yeah. didn't realize the timeline. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was a whirlwind. Right? Yeah. Like, our life was chaotic at that point, living on very little sleep. Like it, it was chaotic, but we wanted to have our family around and of course get it done, but we didn't know what timelines were like. Again, these, all of these unknowns, right? That's right. And then, so he was gone for, I can't remember if it was three months to four months, but in that time, you know, the thing with, with CSC is very much like RCMP. They just stick you somewhere. You do the training, right. tell you where you have to go. So they yeah. give you the option to kind of, I, I feel like I remember rating provinces of where we were yes. going to go. British Columbia was our last choice. We're like, please, <laughs> for the love of God, do not send us to be safe. <laughs> we know nobody. We have never been. Too far. It's on the polar opposite side of the country. Yes. We have a brand new baby like this. We can't do it. I hear it's yeah. expensive. Like, please, please know. Of course, our first posting is to British Columbia here in the Fraser And I cried. Oh. I, was, I was calling the prison in Renews being like, please, will you hire my husband? Like, don't make me do this. They probably thought I was crazy. Like, it's fine. like now knowing the way processes work, but I was losing my mind thinking like, oh my oh. God, how do we do this? Right? How, like, what are we going to do? But we did it. The universe, yep. again, the universe has a plan and the universe does it ever. And it'll shove you places. Sometimes you're like, oh, didn't no, expect okay. to be here, but okay. <laughs> yeah. And so and we left in April. Um, left New Brunswick, 
flew here. Again, we didn't see the place that we were renting. Thank God it worked out the way it did. (laughs) Again, knowing what it's like here, but yeah, so scary. Um, Ended up getting here and not being able to rent a car because neither of us were old enough. So we were stuck at the airport. Oh my God. Baby, no car because our vehicles were coming by train. Like it was a huge trust. something's gonna come yeah it It all yes we had I knew one person from New Brunswick that was in BC yeah no like New Brunswick is fairly small right like you can drive from one side to the other fairly easy I had no concept of how big British Columbia actually was luckily she was in Langley okay perfect drive to Abbotsford put our rental car on her credit card they drove us to the home that we were renting in Agassiz like it was oh my god so beautifully yes remember getting off the plane so we left like four feet of snow and I remember getting (laughs) off the plane my first plane ride as well I had never traveled (laughs) so many firsts it was an experience but I get off the plane and I just see mountains and I see grass and I was like oh my god I'm home like, <laughs> yes and I've never lost that feeling I still tear up when I see the mountains like I'll cross over a bridge and I'm like yes. oh, so beautiful yes <laughs> my husband didn't get it until you know we went back to New Brunswick he's like oh I see oh it. did he go I, in the winter yet no I refuse <laughs> uh-uh. I left that I will not go back in the winter at all I know I totally get it I totally get it I'm like I don't want to do it (laughs) not at all so it's just like again all of these all of these pieces right I big changes different stressors oh my god so and you're a new mom too like it's just like what like it's just one thing after the other I'm like you're a superwoman like hello I've never really been around babies so I was calling up his mom all the time being like oh my god this is happening what do I do like yeah she's a nurse because I was it was just all the time I'm like oh there's <laughs> coming out of his nose this poop is blue I remember calling her at one point because what? he had eaten like funny ice cream and it, it, oh. it was so blue <laughs> it was such a panic I was like oh my god I'm out here all by myself I don't know what to do what do I do oh she was your earth angel oh my god. Yeah, she still is right like yes um, we lost her a few years ago but I'm still so connected and I still yeah mm. So I What are your symbols with her? Do you have special symbols? Yeah, so we have for her, I have different guides. So I have my dad who comes through very strong as well. But for her it's often turtles. That's what Amy said. She sees turtles and now anytime I see a turtle, I always send it to Amy because I'm like, here. Yeah. I actually have a turtle tattoo. Um cute. Like symbolize her. Um, yeah yeah she loved them so we see her come through with turtles quite frequently and birds as well every night yes uh crows tend to be my dad usually Mm -hmm. Uh, very very connected to crows and bees for him but yeah turtles are are big for her yes oh I love that yes that's so cute love the turtles so sweet Good you had her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> to help through that time. She me off of ledge so many times when I just wanted to like come home. Because at the same time, on top of all those stressors, we had the only grandchild. And yeah. we took that on both sides of the family. 
So we yeah. took an only grandchild to the other side of the country. So we had everyone being like, you need to come home. Oh, it's <laughs> raining today. Come home. You should probably just come home. Right? <laughs> and it's, it's eased off a bit now. <laughs> they don't yes. with it as much. Uh, How many years has it been now? Eight and a half, I think. Eight and a half. Wow. Oh my yeah. gosh. But for a long time, it was like that. And she would be so good all the time at being like, you know what, let's get through it. That's it's raining. Let's, you know, go out and get some cute rain boots. And she was yes. like, dressed for it. Get, she, she was all about the fashionista. Oh, yes. I feel her. And Amy has <laughs> like, totally got the fashionista yes. trait. I'm like, yes, Amy, fashionista, yes. let's go. And like decorating and just, I love that. Yeah. You might not well look cute. Like, if this is an excuse for you to get new shoes, go get new shoes, right? Yeah. That was, <laughs> that's, that's, rain boots, girl. that's advice yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah. So it was just, you know, all of this was happening and I was starting to feel settled, right? My grandmother was really big as well. She had moved um, from PEI to New Brunswick. Um, okay. She kind of fell in love. And so she didn't have family either. So she was big on saying, you know, you bloom where you're planted. Yeah. And I really, I, I took that and I held that so close. So even when things got difficult, I didn't feel the need to necessarily be brought back. Right. Yeah. You were like, I just know I'm going to get through this somehow. It'll, it'll happen. Sometimes yeah. it will work out. Right. Yep. Um, I ended up finding work in the nonprofit sector. So that was really good. Um, yeah. Working with, uh, I started originally working with people with low literacy and okay, cool. addiction and crisis and trauma and all of that. I completed the last year of school while I was doing that, which was felt really nice. It was finally like wrapped up and done. So things yes. were but I still felt like I was missing something and my sex drive was non-existent. Mm-hmm. Right? And when I say non-existent, I'm talking like there was no desire to initiate. I might agree to sex like a couple times a year. Like wow. it was not there. And I'm ta- like, I'm early twenties. I'm healthy. Um, I was going to any doctor or naturopath, anything that I could find to talk about that, the lack of sex drive, yeah. but I really taken seriously. I was told like countless times like that. It, it's almost like trite to say, but you know, just have a glass of wine to relax. Like, oh, oh, that's what God. they say. Yeah. Oh, there was no further digging. None, like, oh, and I remember this one doctor, and he was great in many, many ways. But I remember this one moment I'm sitting in his office, and I'm crying because I'm like, I am like early 20s. This none of the women in my life are having this experience. Like, what is go? what is wrong with me? Right? Because obviously, when sex isn't there, other components of your relationship, right? You that connection's not there, right? Yeah. And tons of other factors happening at that time too. But I remember he looked at me and said, oh, that really sucks for your husband. Can't you just take one for the team? Oh my God, stop. I, I was like, what the hell, right? Like, I can't believe this came out of a medical professional's mouth. And that had stuck no. with me. Oh, that's horrifying. Like, that is not okay. Like, no. Oh my God. It's so insensitive and so like toned up so and just strong. <laughs> And like no one ever took the time to explain, you know, Bassoon's uh, sexual response cycle, the dual response or the dual control model, any of those things. And we can talk about those later because I think there's yeah, no to talk I'm about. all ears to hear all the things. <laughs> so it was just like I was the problem, right? Like it was hopeless. This was my life. And you know, a few years later, life began to unfold. Of it, 
tend to naturally do. And my husband yeah. and I went through a divorce. And I'll mm-hmm. preface this to say now, like, it's been, you know, more than five years since we've divorced. Our relationship is fantastic. It's probably the healthiest it's ever been. Like, yeah. I love him so deeply. And I just, I want such good things for him. And, you know, though, I appreciate the relationship we have as friends and family and co-parents. Like, he comes and hangs out here with my husband and I. And we do family oh, dinner. Yeah. Like, holidays we always do together. And, like, those things are so important, right? And kind of while that's fantastic, there were a lot of times along the journey that it wasn't good. Right. It was really messy. It was a, a really messy separation originally. And then I had met my now husband quite soon after we had separated. It was completely kind of unintentional and it was not expected, not at all what I was looking for. But again, the universe has a plan and, and always what we need. And I got this beautiful man and this beautiful daughter and this wonderful life but at the time there were so many added stressors right I was going through Mm -hmm. adrenal fatigue through part of that been there girl that is I don't wish that upon anyone it's not fun Mm -mm. no it was brutal chronic pain no doctors no chiropractors no massage therapy nothing was touching it no medication was touching it I was passing out from the pain but they had no idea what was causing it at all wow um nothing worked at all until actually I went back to New Brunswick last fall and Mm -hmm. did energy work with a lady in Miramichi and the table and have not touched wood have not had that pain again it was transformative that's amazing um yeah so fantastic so I can't plug her enough <laughs> yes she said true health wellness I think it's okay yeah who is it Donna is her name okay amazing yeah. so happy to, to like send your information so I think she does uh online healing as well so if anyone is looking for nice. it that was my one and only experience with her I know her in no other capacity but she was fantastic so mm, I love that um so I mean, even again, my life picked up and I was kind of at the high. I had this new career with corrections. Everything was going good. And, you know, this new relationship, sex was great. We were in that, like, you know, you're starting up and it's fresh and it's fun and (laughs) and everything's wonderful. And then the stress would come and my sex drive would just go. And these ebbs and flows would, you know, come. But I was like, okay, this is just my life. This is where we're going to be at, right? And it was so unfortunate because for the first time, really, I was feeling so sexually connected to another person, so emotionally mm. connected. So, so I was really feeling these experiences as again this weight on me, bringing on that shame. Right. That's right. What is wrong with me that even when I have this, you know, perfect quote unquote perfect life, I'm still dealing with this. Like I mm-hmm. had a taste of it. It was fantastic. There's no reason that I wouldn't keep going. Like what is happening? Right. right? Um. But I, still, I never once linked my stress response system to my sexuality like it right heard to me that it was yeah. not connected right yeah and it's it's important that 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 self-awareness like came because like like you said the way you know we grew up it wasn't generally linked you know like your stress wasn't linked to that no. per se no and anxiety even wasn't talked about right like we didn't yeah you know, it was just like, you know, kids that were really anxious might go sit in the guidance counselor, but then they were kind of teased or taunted, right? Like mm-hmm. our parents 
my parents didn't talk about that kind of thing. So I just no. like, thought that I was just struggling my happy little struggle. So I would plug on and do more and take more on to yeah. push all of that to the back of my mind. Right. That's right. It was like the coping technique. hundred mm-hmm. percent. So when the pandemic hit, we were sent home from work and no return to work date at all. And I was like, holy shit, what am I going to do with my time? Yeah. For the first time I didn't have all these balls in the air. Like I had my family, which obviously takes up a lot of time and we were doing homeschooling and all of that. But I, I was like, what, what do I do with my time? So then yeah. I might as well start a master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Let's go. <laughs> so, so I started my master's in psychology. Um, and, you know, I was seeing a lot of my colleagues at this time within the first responder world. And they, cause I was working doing peer support too. And I would see them burning out and being, you know, not that far into their career, but then being off with PTSD or That's burnout right. or just injury. And then yeah. they try to start over at their, the darkest time, right? And I remember thinking, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be mm. at the point where my brain is fried and try to recreate a new career. Like, I need to have a Yeah, because, like, and plus healing from that, too, it's so taxing and takes so much oh my gosh so that was kind of my motivation like get through this degree so you have a backup plan you have an out if you ever need it smart girl I love my job very much but I wanted I knew I had something that wasn't an itch that wasn't being scratched right yeah so I did that and when I was picking my electives I really wanted to make them count like Mm -hmm. I remember my undergrad degree I was like okay give me my (laughs) what are the easy ones so I can fit them all in so that I can just get this degree and get it over with yeah, bump up the GPA a little. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to, if I'm spending this amount of money, I'm spending this Invest money, in myself. Yeah. What's going to be worth it? And what's going to be interesting to me? So I yep. started doing the sex therapy courses. And I took all of the sex therapy courses I could possibly find. And I loved it. Yeah. And then also, I mean, this was around the time when Jackie had passed as well. And I was really struggling with that, right? I was struggling spiritually. I was really angry right? I was stressed out for, you know, a ton of other reasons too. So I was like, I'm going to do a course. Um, it was called the mind body connection. Ooh. Like, it sounds really like holistic and wonderful. And the, the syllabus looked fantastic. And as I opened it and started doing it, I became so resistant. I Interesting. Actually, I had, I, I have a 4.0 GPA through my entire program. This course was the one course I had actually emailed my um, advisor and I was like, I'm dropping it. I can't do it. I'll take the hit to my GPA. I'm done. I can't do it. And thank goodness she was a great, a great advisor. She's like, what's going on? Because this is mm. not at all what you're doing. I was like, I cannot read it. Like I am shutting down every time I open it. And then I realized it's like, okay, I'm being resistant because I so deeply need this healing right now. So she's yeah. like, going to drop it but you're going to take an extension so you're going to take twice as long to do the course and that's okay and it's not going to affect yeah. and you're just going to do it so I did and once I was able to get into it and I actually held myself accountable and I talked to the professor and I said like I fucking hate this this is yeah I don't want to meditate right <laughs> I am angry I am stressed I am yeah. tired I've got kids that need everything all the time. Like I just, I'm done. And she's like, good. Now meditate on that. 
sit with that. And I'm like, I can't, like I'm squirrel brain all the time. I'm mad at myself because I'm trying to mm. meditate. Like it just wasn't working. Yeah. But the more I did, and then she was great. She would have me um, like be bringing in my sex therapy to the okay. connection. And we were talking about it. And, you know, all of my papers started to focus on this, no matter what course I was in, was how do we like bring the two in? And then from that, I actually I passed it. I got my A. I kept my 4.0. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, and then, you know, I went on to other courses in stress and other courses in trauma and coping and recognizing how much of my healing, how much of my stress, how much of my lack of sexual desire was coming from the fact that I was so stressed out that I could not get out of my head. Yeah. Right? I, it was I, like all consuming. It was all the time. Yeah. Right? There was no point in time when I didn't have 10 tabs open in my mm. brain. Yes, that and that would be so exhausting. Oh my God, no wonder like the body would be shutting down and like the spirit is just like, I can't do anymore. <laughs> I like not even in the house, right? Like, yeah, like, so gone from where I'm at, right? And shoving signs at me. And even like when I look at the adrenal fatigue, when I look at the pain that I was in, that was my body saying, girl, you need to slow the fuck down. Yeah. Like, stop, stop overdoing it. Stop pushing yourself. This is burnout. But yeah. Oh, right. right? That. And that burnout. And like, I feel like too, when you're motivated and you have dreams and you want to go for it, you push. And I totally relate to that because I did the same thing. I was like, I can do it all. And then everything just shut down. And I was like, oh my God. And the healing process from that. Ooh, like I, it's just don't let yourself go there because it's not worth it. No. <laughs> oh my god! And it's not like I saw something the other day that was talking about burnout. It's like burnout doesn't heal in a weekend or a week. No, it takes years to overcome that, right? Mm -hmm. And so much challenging of the narrative that got us there to begin with. Oh my god! So much preach. Oh my god! Right? Like I grew up again. Like when I look back to to my childhood and seeing the women in my life struggle, right? Women in New Brunswick, and I know women everywhere, they're like, this is not a, a localized issue, but so many of the women in New Brunswick are home, raising kids, struggling to make it as their husbands are away working and, and doing all the things. And I, I remember at one point just looking at my child and being like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to ever be at a position as a, a young woman, as a mom, saying, I need to stay in a position I don't want to be in because I can't afford to leave. Oof. Right? Oof. Cool. Mm -hmm. And that drove me and continues to drive me in so many ways, right? That I want to be where I'm at because I love where I'm at, not because yes. I need to be where I am. Exactly. 100%. And to say like you got this because of me you are here because of me like it's and not yeah. that I like do that I'm blessed to not be in that position but that is still that the deep ancestral trauma that I'm carrying yeah 100% is continuously being challenged and healed right? oh my god right and I love that you just said continuously being challenged and healed because girl is it ever like and then there's things that arise and I'm like ooh, hello like didn't realize you were even an issue sometimes because I know at one time in my life maybe I needed to 
to have that coping mechanism to keep me safe. But I'm like, you're not there anymore. And it's just, it's so fascinating to me when it like, maybe it's not to say one issue might be completely healed. So, but it's, it's, it's gotten enough. So another one can rise up and be like, okay, you need to kind of meet me now. Let's be, uh, let's get to know each other so you can heal and release me. And I, I totally can relate to that just lately. It's just different things. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know I was doing that. And then you realize, okay, I was maybe people pleasing to keep myself safe before, but I don't have to do that now. So you can, I can speak my truth or I can whatever. So I find that really fascinating. Like it's safe to show up as me. Yes. Safe in the world. Right. That's right. often we'll take on this role where we're so busy making everyone else's lives easier that we forget that it's okay to actually internalize that and put some of that work back into what we're doing to heal ourselves. Absolutely. Cause we need that. And like in order to give your best love to others, you have to give it to yourself. And that's something I've learned. And like, I'm not a human mother yet, but I, I, I so hope that this is the reason that's not been my journey yet is like, cause I needed to learn these things to make sure when that happens, I take, hopefully, I mean, I can't tell the future or anything, but take care of me as well. So I don't go back to burnout or something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And using your story, using your struggle to help heal the people around you. Right? Yes. And that's one of my, my motivating factors as a parent is how do I hopefully set up my children in such a way that, you know, they have the tools, they have the yes, tools, the tools. The mm-hmm. do not have to heal from the same things that I'm healing from. Preach. And like, that's it. Having the tools in the toolbox. That's, that's all we need. Cause nobody's perfect. Even our, even though we're on the healing journey, it's still got ebbs and flows, ups and downs, but at least that awareness and like you said, exactly what you said, the tools in the toolbox is the best analogy for it. Because when you have that, things are still going to challenge you in life, but at least you'll be like, okay, I've faced something like this before, or maybe I haven't, but I know I can work my way through this. So I think that's so amazing that you're instilling that in your kids. Like, yay, mama. I'm having those conversations and very openly, right? To say like, yes. No shame. It takes away the shame because it's not something that's, we'll go back to like the sexy time, that kind of topic, but like, it's not something to be shameful of and like your body own it. And like your, your body is beautiful. And like, it's not something that's shameful. And like, I just find with, I'm going to say with women in particular, like a woman being topless compared to a man, it's complete. It's they're completely different the way they're looked at. And to me, I'm like, but why? It's just a body. (laughs) Not something to be ashamed of. (laughs) So yeah, when you're talking about the body, right. Um, I talked to you a little bit about being at she is wild fest last weekend. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Amy is like, you need to talk to Kaylee. Like this is, you guys need to do tell me more I like we didn't get a chance to talk about it let's just talk about it now because I feel like it kind of integrates into all of this oh my goodness it was so there 50 tickets 50 women um and again I like that it's a smaller group that's nice I wasn't sure what it was exactly I was like is it a huge group that's nice 50 that's good that's including vendors wow it was 50 total um, and I should have prefaced this entire, uh, this entire interview by saying this, but when I talk about women, I talk about those who identify within their female spirit, right? Yes. So whether that's 
cisgender women, whether that's women who um, have not been biologically born into that, but have known within their hearts or found it within their hearts. Yep. They are their feminine, right? So I, I want to right. that. And within this festival, we had such a spectrum of oh. people just at so many stages within their journey towards. I love that. Their feminine wild self. So, oh, yes. <laughs> so it, was, it was fantastic. And we were in this, I think it was the primordial movement, which is like a yoga class um that's got like this awesome music and there's like drumming happening and it's it starts really gentle but then it's like okay let's get like primal let's oh let's be intuitive with our movement and really find it and you know it's not that long into the class we're probably like half an hour into the class and the boobs are coming out right like there are (laughs) everywhere and I'm still like again as liberal as I as I am it still caught me off guard because it's still not something <laughs> that's normalized enough, right? right? Like, oh my God, this is happening. <laughs> like, wow. And not everybody, right? And some of yeah. us like, cut my shirt on, but I was also very aware <laughs> of the public platform that I have and the yes. government position I hold and the fact that, you know, there are photographers around <laughs> that are cast. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I will. So that, again, kept me small, right? That little bit of shame, that little bit of guilt yeah. and again, kept me small. But I was able to truly appreciate the people who were just letting themselves so free in those moments. Yes, they were living in it. Oh, free spirit. I love that. Oh, my God, that's amazing. They were just, like, feeling the vibe. <laughs> just, like, on, you know, traditional Indigenous land. It's You've got the mountains in the background. The trees in BC are just beautiful like, mm, they're so huge yes. like it's wild it, it, it I, I just don't understand how the trees are so much bigger here we have beautiful trees in New Brunswick don't get me we wrong. do but they're, they're not like that like yeah. it's so wild it's magical right to be connected to that and I spent the entire weekend I think barefoot and just oh, you know nice. connected I slept out of my vehicle like it was great just the best conversations with everyone and yeah and healing and breath work and all of these different embodied practices focused on healing, right? Mm-hmm. Healing the mother wound, healing, connecting to your menstrual cycle. Yes. Um, to your sacred sensuality, right? Like all of these pieces that we forget about in the hustle and bustle in day-to-day life. So it was just right. so cool to be immersed in that kind of energy Oh, yes. I'm here for it. I love that so much. That sounds like, it's is it a weekend long or how long is it? Oh, yeah, nice. Weekend a year. Wow. And I think the weather, like the weather's been quite nice so far. So that's a bonus too. Yeah, I ended up, I had to leave early and come home on the Saturday, which actually, again, I mean, we talk about the universe. We talk about coming <laughs> here back. Um, late Saturday, I was coming home through uh, mid-afternoon and fires were happening everywhere and yeah the roads were shut down so wow and so much more stressful of a trip so I kind of got to ride the high home yes you know what I mean it was enjoyable and I got to really sit with what came up for me because it was a lot of healing it was a lot of processing some chaos kind of come up right at the start of that that I was processing through as well some loss that I was processing and just sitting with all of that, but also 
finding a way to connect to it in a way that felt okay. Yeah. Right. And just growing this appreciation for things that I knew that I appreciated, but it's mm-hmm. like, wow, I didn't, I didn't think about it that way. Right. The totally sacred sensuality. One of the lady putting that on that workshop, she paired us up and I was paired up with this beautiful, beautiful soul. And we we're told to sit, you know, knee to knee, crisscross applesauce facing each other. And you look into your partner's eyes and say, tell me about your relationship with sex. There's no, (laughs) these people are right. So, and then they would talk for 30 seconds. And if they were done, you say, thank you. They either keep going or they ask you, and then you just keep bouncing back and forth and it goes deeper and deeper. We talk about pulling the layers, right? Wow. It was the most intensely transformative experience. And I, I, I'm so connected. She actually reached out to me today and she's like, I need to book a session. Like, I want to connect with you. We need to take this further. Yeah. Again, the universe bringing the right people in, right? And just connecting hearts and connecting spirits. And it was so cool. It was such a That's amazing. And it's so, like, literally the words you just said, it's so interesting when the universe, like, with what you do and what you're growing with Lavender Lane and then the universe is like, here, like you're connected with the people you're supposed to connect with. And I just think that's so incredible. Like you belong here. right? Yeah. And it's like, makes you feel like, like literally that, like you belong and it's like a nice little, like, mm, yes, keep going. Like, this is it. Yes. And I just being called out, like my, my mantra lately is like, I'm abundant. Like I am providing yeah. the universe will bring to me what I need. Right. And Every time I start to challenge that or question that or get down, it's the universe is like, uh-uh, we've come way too far. See your damn sign. Like, my God, yes. Like, okay, it's so funny. I said this yesterday and I'm saying it again today. There's a reason like this episode is happening today. I was recording yesterday with someone else and all of those same things. It's almost like things like I need to hear sometimes I hear or like the things that we're talking about. I'm so like, with you on that like even like like I said yesterday stuff came through that literally I told my partner last night I was like the universe is like oh okay this is what you want like here and it's it's a very clear yes to me and sometimes like you know I can get fuzzy I'm like oh is this the direction I should take or is it this I'm not sure but this it's like not even a question I know it's the right thing to do and I live like I'm I feel like I'm coming more in touch with my intuition too which I love because We've talked before, you know, when you've been like betrayed and stuff, even not even by others, but betraying yourself, it can be hard to regain that trust in knowing that what I know is best for me and trusting that, that intuitive hit. And it it gets stronger the more you trust it. And I'm living for that lately. So yeah. Yeah, It's funny you say that because I had that exact conversation with a friend a couple nights ago too, that. I said, you know, they were struggling with something. And I was like, you know, you have to follow your heart. Listen to your heart. You have this wisdom inside of you. You just have yeah. to quiet yourself enough to hear it. And they're like, Sean, I don't trust my heart anymore. My, my heart has got me into some trouble. Like, I don't trust that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but you know what? You, you have to find that alignment. And you rebuild that trust the same way when we break trust with our friends, with our family, with the people we love. We have to rebuild it. It That's takes right. us to rebuild that trust with ourselves too, right? To oh, yes. You know what, when I start living in alignment, when I start, you know, living my purpose and being true to my values, that's, that's how I prove to myself that I'm trustworthy. Exactly. And like, 
even though, and like, I can relate so much to like what your friend, like not trusting your heart. Like, cause when you have been through the ringer and back, it's like, Ooh, like, do I know? Cause like, but we have to take ourselves out of that. That's again, shaming yourself for going through something that, yeah, maybe it wasn't that great, but you had to go through, cause you learned something guaranteed any painful experience. We have learned something, even if we don't see it in the moment, eventually, like you're saying with some of your stories in hindsight, you're like, ah, there, that makes sense. Or like, that's why I was meant to go that way for a little bit. <laughs> well, I was having that, like, talking to my daughter last night. Cause I was stressing so much about, like, this whole interview. <laughs> and she's like, so so, what is it, right? Like, what has your journey been? And, you know, what are the pieces that you need to include? And I'm like, every single difficult experience that I was like, there is no way I will ever make it through this <laughs> has been directly linked to me sitting at this table, having this conversation with you, someone who I feel so heart connected to. Right. And it's like just that little reminder sometimes that, you know, the, the universe gives us these lessons. And I heard that at one point that the universe will present you with a lesson over and over and over again until you actually <laughs> internalize it and learn that lesson. Right. Oh my God. And sometimes it's like, again, like I, I still don't get it. Really? <laughs> the universe is like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> right. Cause you think you get it. And like, clearly sometimes I don't get it, even though I'm like, I get it. I get it. No, they're like, no, you don't. And then when it finally sinks, it's like, ah, okay. Now I get it. <laughs> and just like listening to that intuition, right? And my husband said that today. He's like, you know, it's it's scary. And I still, it freaks me out when you say these things. It freaks me out when you're like, mm, I can feel this like in my my throat, in my voice shocker right now, or feel in my heart that this is happening. And then he's like, well, it's probably happening then. And then two <laughs> days later, it'll be like, okay, like this is, it all lined up the exact way you said it was going to. 100%. We lose track of that or we second guess it or we push it down and we think we're crazy and, you know. Oh, right. That battle. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting you say that because yesterday we talked about this and it's so weird again because I know weeks ago I had said this to someone else. It's like that first intuitive hit you get, I want to say is always it. And it's that moment you stop and allow your brain to come in and start filling the doubts, the fears, the whatever. Don't listen to that. Your first initial, like, is it yes, no, yes? There's your answer. Don't even think twice about it because your hesitation is what's going to take away from that trust. Again, it's like, no, no, don't worry about what the, the brain thinks. Look yeah. at what your soul is saying. And it's right. Yeah, absolutely. I so, so resonate with that. I just want to touch on too, with Lavender Lane, like what exactly kind of services do you do with people? Does it work? Yeah, so um, one of the things that we learned through the pandemic is it is really convenient sometimes. Sometimes it's great to get out into the community and stuff. It's also really convenient, especially when you're struggling to not have to go somewhere to deal with it. Yeah. Right? So I have actually been connecting with all my clients virtually. I love that. I mean, look what we're doing. <laughs> right. And, you know, it. there was this fear for a while that, like, will I actually be able to connect as closely? And honestly, I think it provides so much more safety. And I'm all about mm -hmm. that safety piece, right? Mm -hmm. That when you can be home, cozied up with your pets around you, right, rather than coming and sitting in some clinical office, that's going to help you be safe enough that this prefrontal cortex is going to be online. We're able to deal with those emotions. Yeah. And actually dig in, right? 
I like that. So true. You'll feel safe, comfortable. Yes. You're in control. You can shut your laptop down anytime. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) I've had clients that call me from like parking lots. I've had, you know, the lunch breaks. It's fantastic. So able to really open up with flexibility in terms of timelines too. That yes, need a seven o'clock appointment. Let's sure we can make it work. Yeah. And that's so great for people who are on the go and so busy. You live for those nooks and crannies of life where you can find the time to do stuff like this for yourself. Absolutely. So we do, yeah, counseling, we do talk therapy. Um, I'm trained in EFT as well, which is like tapping, which is another really great way of getting in. Yes. So really, really fantastic Um, in terms, again, of bringing us into our bodies, right? Mm. And I love that, finding ways to get reconnected with our bodies looking at narratives, what are, especially surrounding sex therapy, right? Mm -hmm. What are those narratives? Let's dig into that, you know, that shame, that guilt, that, that fear around so that we can actually understand where those problems are coming from. Cause whether it's, you know, erectile dysfunction or low libido or, you know, just problems with physiologically connecting, right. Yeah. Positioning or what have you there's often some kind of an emotional barrier that's happening there. For sure. And do you find the same with the opposite, like hypersexuality and that kind of thing? Like, Yeah, where does that stem from, right? What mm -hmm. are the narratives? What tells you that this is where you need to show up and how you need to show up, right? Looking Mm. at what our protective mechanisms are because we all have them. We all have the the core of everything. We all want to feel safe, right? Mm -hmm. So how you show up, within those contexts, that is your most vulnerable state, right? You're literally standing there, you know, naked and raw, ready to engage with someone. Your vulnerability is laid out there. Your insecurity is out, right? So looking at how we can actually play with that and dismantle that so that we can go from this position of spectatoring, which Mm -hmm. often we do, right? Which is, it was a term point, you know, years ago, when they noticed that, you know, during the sexual experience, people were struggling to orgasm, again, because they're not in, within their bodies. But it's because they're actually spending more time thinking about how they look in each sexual moment. Yeah. Are focusing on the sensations that they're feeling in their body. Exactly. And when you take that away and then give in, it changes it completely. Oh, absolutely. And, and with the right person too, obviously, you know. <laughs> Because we get so caught up in those insecurities. And when we look yeah. at, you know, when we think of what sex looks like, where do we get that information? Typically, it's from pornography. Yeah. Right? Or like movies or, or what have you. But what we know is that's not usually real. No, right? they're the produced. They are meant. Process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, the airbrushing and the, the shaving down of labia so that everything looks tight and perfect and, and wonderful. Yeah not reality no is the fact that someone can down there stand on their head and (laughs) mind-blowing orgasm like (laughs) if you can do that good on you I would love to (laughs) please send it to me info lavenderlane.ca like I would love it but the reality is is that's not the case for most people yeah and it's that you know we we recognize that uh, uh, I guess actually if we can talk a little bit about the dual control model right well I want all the goods so let us hear it <laughs> the control model talks about how we have the gas 
like things that get us going that turn mm -hmm. us on that really you know increase our excitation right for sexual experience and then we have the breaks and that could be literally anything that that dims that it could be your environment it could be your stress it could be fear of your kids walking in it could be like <laughs> wondering when the last time you showered, does your breath stink, like <laughs> all of these different things, right? How am I looking in this position? Yeah. Oh, I forgot to take dinner out for later tonight. Like all, <laughs> of, these, all of these things, right? And when we have, you can have like the best sex drive ever, right? All of your, uh, your gas is on as, <laughs> as heavy as it can go. But when your brakes are on too, you're just stolen, right? You're like, you're pulling, uh, yeah, donuts or wheelies. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're just, you're stalled. You're not actually able to move forward because all of these breaks are on. So for women, especially, and I mean, again, putting myself like this, this was probably revolutionary when it came to feeling my own sexual experience. Cause I'm thinking like, I'm doing all of the things, right. I, I'm, bringing in what else can I do to feel sexy what else can I do to feel connected to my partner mm -hmm. right and it's still not shifting but I didn't realize that like I've got the the brakes on I got the handbrake pulled like everything <laughs> me because I got all of this stuff happening in my mind yeah that that I'm just not not gonna get going that's right, right. yeah too much it's overload too much right so instead of just constantly bringing things in it's like okay what else do I need to release what That's do I right. Right. How can I mitigate these factors so that even if you know your your brakes not going all the way to the floor, at least you're not being held back in those ways. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. And like any progress is progress. Doesn't matter how big, small. It's all good. <laughs> and then I mean, again, when we look at arousal, Austin talked about this this method of arousal, and we often think of spontaneous arousal. Yes. Right? Which is very male focused again, right? And, and it, this is blanket term. So I, again, there's always the outliers. But when we think of, you know, when a man, how do we know a man's aroused, right? They can <laughs> wake up in the morning with a heart on and be good to go, right? They yeah. don't need a whole lot of prep work. Right? <laughs> and for some women, some women are like that as well, right? Some women are just like, okay, I'm in the mood, let's get it on. <laughs> but for many of us, there's what's called responsive sexual arousal which means that our physical body isn't where arousal is starting. Right. It's often psychological, right? So we're coming into it and, you know, we're responding to the environment. We're responding to our senses a lot of the time. So mindfulness mm -hmm. was a revolutionary tool. My thesis ended up, all of my research came down to mindfulness is the answer. Oh, that's so cool. Yes, of course. Right. But being able to attune to our bodies and recognizing that arousal is actually very circular in nature, it's not linear. Mm, so yeah. All of these different points. And there's this concept of um, just a willingness to try, right? We know that our yes. sex muscles are muscles, right? Our organs are muscles. And sometimes they need to be worked. The more sex we have, <laughs> love that. <laughs> When you're not feeling very sexual, how can you connect to that more often? Because if it's something good, if you're actually enjoying the experience, you're more likely to try to do it again. Right? Yeah. 
so and again that can be sexual like personal play that could be partner play all of these different ways of increasing or connecting to that yeah getting into like no move beyond the vulva ladies like what (laughs) other ways that that feel good right Mm -hmm. where we have all of these erogenous zones all over our bodies yes how do we tune into that bring in sensation play in terms of what can I smell? What can I hear? What can I touch? Because that's bringing you into the moment right now. And Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, music can make a big, like, put on a bomb, sexy time playlist. It, it can get you, like, and you could get into, like, doing different things with the music. And, like, you can just live for it, you know? Like, there's so yeah, many ways. Back playlist, like, on, on standby, right? <laughs> like, sensual, great music. And being able to release this need for seriousness yeah exactly and like a lot of people connect to music no matter what your flavor is it's fun and it's just great and it's like Shauna says it's it's a sense you can relate to I'm very in touch with all the senses so I'm living for like the sense talk but it's true and like like Shauna said all over your body like there are ways like you can go from zero to a hundred and it doesn't have to equal like the full show it could be like a pre-show and it's like okay let's go I'm ready because of that sensation that you're letting yourself feel and give into yeah and that can take time right Mm -hmm. I know um forget what book it was in I want to say maybe some of Lori Brado's research out of UBC but they uh, there's a researcher out there some lovely woman (laughs) (laughs) um but she talked about this willingness being willing to try and yeah and want to highlight the difference of this in terms of consent and enthusiastic consent you should always be enthusiastically consenting to sex you should never be doing anything you're not comfortable with Mm-hmm. that can be very different than just not feeling aroused and not knowing if you're into it but still wanting to get to that point right so when yeah. we're at a point where we're like you know what I'm not really there but I'm so willing to try because I want to get there right again that sex we get sex the more we do it the more it will come and it will flow so much more naturally right mm-hmm. and then yeah if you can get into that play release the this need for seriousness release what you've seen on tv where (laughs) fireworks and you're pushed against a wall and like (laughs) again all of that is fine and fun yeah (laughs) you're not able to really feel into your body and I'm like I've got this sway going on because I find we get so rigid right and when that trauma comes up and I mean this is something I talked to you about before is trauma I mean of course there's sexual trauma right and that is awful and is very much held within our body within our womb space but Mm -hmm. we also have trauma that pertains to sexual experiences where we just didn't really enjoy it sexual Mm -hmm. partners that maybe we weren't really connected to um, shame around masturbation which especially again for females and a lot of males as well who you know the stereotypical parents walk into the room and you right like and all of the emotions that flood around that 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 really can hold us back and that we Mm -hmm. carry that within this womb space right and yeah and one of the the presenters at one of the workshops on the weekend did such a beautiful job again at aligning with that and saying when we're talking about healing our womb space that's you could be somebody with a womb you could be someone who's had their womb removed yeah who has a womb blueprint because maybe you weren't born with a womb but you are so 
you know, connected to that feminine essence within you. Mm-hmm. But that there we hold our trauma, right? Yes. Women especially, we hold trauma in our hips. So, mm-hmm. and that's where our tightness is, right? When you look at massage and, and Reiki and all of that, oftentimes our hips are, are clenched and so tight, which can cause pelvic pain through intercourse, mm. right? Um, difficulty with lubrication, difficulty with allowing our partner to fully connect to that area that has held so much shame from childhood mm. every experience we've had, right? Yeah. So, no, I, I don't think, and for myself as well, it never really occurred to me how much healing is needed to live within our deepest sexual being. Right. And I'm just going to say, when you are in it, it's fantastic. <laughs> like, it's just like different galaxy dimension. Like, is this real life? Like, it's it's amazing. And it's interesting, too, though, the journey each of us have to take to get to that place. And, of course, like, I'm talking with with a partner on your own like again that's also magical but like I'm referring to that and like when you are with the right partner and you're it's like that connection right that amplifies things so much but I think like anything it comes from within and your connection to your body first because then you're like like Shauna said you're letting go you're allowing yourself to connect to that beautiful energy and like be fun with it playful sexual like live in it and own it and like be confident with it. Like Absolutely. it's powerful. <laughs> I find those areas about yourself. We all like, we have those insecurities. Everybody has those insecurities, but find yeah. those areas that you are so confident in. Like, like, mm-hmm. damn, my ass is looking fly today. Or yes. yeah, I've got like my hair is on point or my legs look fantastic in these boots or, or whatever yeah. it is. Play that up. So that you feel so much in that sexual essence that, you know, you are there for a good time, right? Yes. Give, you are willing to receive. Yeah. And I think communicating is important too. Like communicate what you want. If if he or she or whoever, like whatever you identify, if they're not doing it, tell them. (laughs) We're all different. Like what works for one may not work for another. So find out. Grow together could not work for you tomorrow, right? We know different parts of our cycle. We have have very different sexual experiences too. Yeah, Um, that's so true. Yeah, she has a a sex podcast. She's a sex educator down in the States and she talks, communication is lubrication. Is (laughs) her statement, right? Like, I love that. (laughs) She says, you know, timing, turf and tone, how you have these conversations. Don't do it in the moment. Timing, turf, and tone. I love that. Oh, my God. I'm writing that down. (laughs) Read the room, right? If you're in the middle of a sexual experience. Read the room. (laughs) Read the room. Like, that is not the time to be like, "Uh uh-uh, no, you're doing it wrong. I don't like this. You know what? And we've all been there, right? I catch myself like that sometimes, too. Like, just a little more to the left or whatever that looks like, right? But having these conversations and you know, being open, if you have things, again, when we talk about the shame around sex, vocalizing what it is that we want, what feels good, can feel very, very scary, especially if it's oh, yeah. outside of the norm, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm using air quotes for those who aren't watching this um, when I say norm, because there is no norm, as long exactly. as it's consensual, right? And I mean, there's elements of consent that, that need to be followed, of course, but yes. there is no normal. 
normal is what feels good for you in your yep. life that your partner feels good with. Right? Yeah. Have those connections and get to know your partner, play with your partner, explore your partner, right? So that you explore yourself. If mm-hmm. you can't get yourself off, how is anybody else going to get you off? If you don't know what turns you on, how will anyone exactly know what turns you on? Find safety within yourself. Like, get out those toys. I am all about right now the magic wand mini rechargeable. Whether you <laughs> are penis owning, vulva owning, you're using it alone, couple, like intersex. I don't care what body parts. That's you what's have. up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It has the magic wand has been around for a million years. It is like your grandma's vibrator. <laughs> and I, I did not, I just, it was one that I had never tried because I'm like, like, it, it looks like a microphone, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know which one you're talking I can picture it. <laughs> I think on Sex in the City, Samantha had, Samantha yeah. had that one and it broke. And she's like, it's not a neck massager, it's a vibrator. <laughs> like she, but it originally so, came out as a, as a neck massager. That was the original thing that it came out for. And then they were like, why are all the women buying these neck massages? Yes! And women were like, oh no, like, massage this, right? Oh my God, that is amazing. I didn't know like that was actually like, I thought it was just part of the show and it was funny. Oh my God. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, it was, the original was like a baseball bat. Like it was a honking <laughs> toy, but now they have it. So it's wireless, rechargeable, right? Which is fantastic. <laughs> it's so much more. We're not sponsored. We are not sponsored. <laughs> so if you want to hit me up with some discounts, Magic Wand. Yeah. Like, Lavender Lane is here. Right? Yeah. Hit me up. But um, yeah, and they they downsized it too, but you haven't lost the actual power. So (laughs) like, and again, bless his heart, my husband has been the best research monkey that I could ever. So supportive. (laughs) Yeah, by all means, study sex. Yeah, whatever you need to do, babe, I'm here. I guess if I have to. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Best research ever. <laughs> Absolutely. And and this it plays into the communication piece, right? Because we will have the dorkiest, most geeked out conversations after that <laughs> all the time. And we're like, what was that like for you? What did you think? Like, what would you do differently? What, you know, yeah. and really talking about it, but getting excited about it so that the next time, you know, foreplay starts the second you stop having sex. It's all Ooh. of these little pieces that keep going, that keep that energy moving, that keep that connection. Flowing. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And sometimes like, it's always a different, amazing experience. And sometimes like, yeah, like different moments where there is a lot of that. It's like that buildup is so huge before you finally get to like the explosion. It's like, whoa, like it's so intense. And then other times it may not be like that, but still intense in its own way. It's so interesting how it's always different and amazing and you can't compare. It's a total flop, right? And you're like, <laughs> what in the hell was that, right? But then you have to sit and laugh at that right? Sex is humor nice. is healing. I love humor for all the healing. I think when you can finally laugh about things, it's like you are well on your way. Like you're doing good. <laughs> Absolutely. It feels good in the heart, right? Yes. To not laugh at each other, but laugh with each other. Yes. 
And like, I know, cause I'm so sensitive, all the water in my chart. Like when I can finally laugh at something that I know I definitely felt a certain type of way about before I can be like, yes, like I'm doing good. <laughs> well, and if I think about it, like, you know, in the past, past sexual partners, past sexual experiences, I can't imagine what it would be like to have those vulnerable conversations. Mm-hmm. To have a partner say, I didn't really like when, when you did this, or what if you tried to do this a little bit differently? That would have devastated me. Like in my early twenties, when I wasn't, you know, at the place in my healing journey that I'm at right now, right now it's like, let's be curious. Let's, yeah. And like, what can we do to amp this up times 10, right? Like it becomes almost like a fun level up game at this point. Yeah. But yeah, it's, and just in recognizing that no matter where you're at in that journey, that's okay too. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much. Yes. And that can relate to every single area of your life. Doesn't matter where it is. That is so important to remember. I love that you said that. Yeah. Where you are right now in this moment is exactly where you're meant to be. Mm, I love that. Oh my gosh, you've shared so much amazingness with us. I feel like we could literally talk for a million hours, but we'll go into our final words of wisdom because I feel like, oh my God, like we, I'm like, okay, we're, I say this with so many, we're going to part two, part three, we'll have a whole educational series. <laughs> it'll be instead of sex with Sue, it'll be sex with Shauna. <laughs> Yes, I will bring some fun toys next time. And <laughs> I will take over. Yes, a takeover. Generation, right? Oh my God, we're going to have theme music and everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, honey, what are our final words of wisdom today? So I really, I sat with this and originally we kind of joked when I was coming up with it because I feel like my tagline is like, blowjobs will save the world. <laughs> like let this be your final words of wisdom like fuck yes and I say that only because I think that when you can get enthusiastic about pleasing your partner that's when fun comes that's not my oh yeah partner, but I promise I would actually say that at some point during this interview because I love it I'm here for that <laughs> even like the people I work with like my colleagues are like of course that's your words of wisdom that's yeah. literally your answer to everything right but when I think about actual genuine words of wisdom um I was thinking you know trauma happens within relationships all of the trauma that we've experienced whether that be sexual um emotional neglect abandonment lack of attachment all of these emotions all of these wounds happen within relationships Mm -hmm. so healing has to happen within relationship as well that's finding that maybe that's relationship with yourself because it can mm-hmm. feel very unsafe to have that relationship with ourselves sometimes and to sit yeah. with those deep, dark parts. Or it can oh, be a yeah. relationship with the people around us. But we need to have that connection and we need to have that safety in order for our brains and our bodies to find healing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. It's so important to embody with yourself, with the people around you. And when you can, like, because we never know what life's going to throw our way, like, I think it's so valuable to be able to heal with a partner because you don't know what's down the road. And if that's your life person, you know, you want to be able to move through those seasons and tackle that as a unit if you have to, you know? So I think that's so key. 
I love that. So let's get your social media, your website, all the ways people can connect. So listeners, if you've resonated with Shauna today, you want to book a session, you want to just chat, you want more information, she's going to let us know how we can do all that. Absolutely. So like I said, I do counseling sessions via online. So that means that I'm not um, constricted or confined to working with people that are just local. So I can expand that out a little bit. Um, if you're interested, my website is lavenderlanecounseling.ca. My social media, I am really working to open my creativity and get back into my flow. Social media is not up a, a lot. I'm trying to update it more. But it is uh, Facebook and Instagram. Fraser Valley Sex Therapist is where you can find me on there. Feel free to send me a message, connect. Um, yeah, just have Yay! To spread the message and get people finding pleasure and play. Yes, and opening the doors to those conversations so they're not so taboo. Like it's it should be something that's just part of what we talk about, you know? It's not taboo. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Like, let's go. <laughs> Right? Like, or tell me, yeah. how do we, how do we make that mainstream? How do we get it open? Absolutely. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about sex. <laughs> how often I sing that song in prison. It's I love that. That's a, we got your theme song. That's what it is. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing your beautiful light with us today. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. It means a lot. And I know people listening will resonate and pick up little golden nuggets all throughout this conversation. So I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course, anytime. So that's our tea time for today, everyone. If you've resonated with Shauna and you want to connect, I'm going to have everything linked. If you're watching on YouTube, it's going to be in the description box below. Make sure you like this video, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. If you're listening via podcast, give us a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback. And if you're looking for where she'll be tagged, Instagram and the Facebook Tea with KG page. Everything will be there, so there'll be no trouble finding her, so you can definitely connect. And I just want to thank all of you for listening and watching. I really appreciate it. And we will see you next time. Bye.